Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast. I'm your host, Chaplain Tyler Eggleston. It is so good to be back on here doing another episode for everyone. I really can't thank everyone enough for all the support and um, all the uh, the yeah all the support and how much everyone liked the uh, the last episode uh, the Word of God episode. It is super encouraging and um, just really helps continue to uh, continue to do this this podcast. You know, sometimes it's uh, you get to looking at things, you get discouraged, and uh, I mean, honestly, you sometimes feel like giving up. But uh, just all the support through that and just seeing how well received that episode was was super encouraging, and uh, just kind of keeps that fire going to continue doing this. So again, super super appreciative, and thank you all so much for um, just how well received that episode was. Um, and before we jump in to the meat of the episode today, talking about, uh, Ecuador and some of the things that we experienced over there on our missions trip, uh, can't thank everyone enough for all your support, uh, whether that was donations or prayer or whatever it was, uh, just thank you guys so much for all of that. Um, so I think it was in the last episode I had announced that me and Amanda had started our own ministry called Street Chaplains for Christ. So I just want to give a few shout outs here to some some supporters who have helped with uh with our evangelism and outreach and uh I just want to thank the uh the Babylon B for uh coming alongside us and donating stickers for our bags. Um and if you got real quick, just to kind of recap, if there's anyone new listening and didn't hear the last episode, what, what me and Amanda do through Street Chaplains for Christ is uh, two different areas we kind of serve. One side is the homeless evangelism outreach, and one side is sports uh, tailgating fan experience outreach. And um, what we do is this thing we kind of dubbed uh, evangelism bags. And, uh, you know, if we're going to reach... The homeless, the bags are filled with, uh, a bi- all of our bags are always filled with Bibles. Um, that is one thing that does not change no matter if it's a, a, a NASCAR race or the homeless people. There's always a Bible. Sometimes there's uh, we might put a copy of Sexually Sick in there, uh, my book, or other uh, Christian books that we get donated. And, uh, so yeah, if it's for the homeless, it's got a Bible, uh, water, Gatorade, what have you, food, snacks, put them in bags. And we basically just go out, we, we go to where these homeless people are living on the streets and, uh, we just ask if we can talk with them. We'll sit there and talk with them, minister to them about God, uh, ask if they would like to give their lives to Christ, uh, and, and dedicate their lives to him and pray with them. And if we're doing uh, sports outreach, whether it be at a NASCAR race or uh, here in a couple of weeks, we'll actually be going to Blacksburg for the Virginia Tech versus UVA game. Those are a little bit different. We uh, we uh, use like drawstring bags and um, try to cater it towards that sporting event. So. Um, the, the last one we did was we went to uh, Richmond Raceway, 
for the NASCAR race. We had uh, Bass Pro Shop drawstring bags that were donated. We had uh, Scaffolding Solutions coffee cups, Yeti coffee cups that my company donated. Uh, we had copies of Sexually Sick in the bags and Bibles in the bags. And then other little random stuff, stickers, pamphlets, things like that. And we basically just walk around the tailgating area, ask people if we can pray for them, and if we can, you know, just give them a bag. Usually they say yes, because who doesn't want free things? So, with that being said, we have, uh, yeah, I just want to thank the Babylon Bee. Uh, they donated um, a bunch of stickers for us, uh, to us, for to use in our outreach. Um, the Human Life Alliance, uh, which is a... Um, pro-life organization they're not associated with the pro-life organization but they are an anti-abortion ministry that donated posters stickers and pamphlets and little handouts uh pre-born also donated uh pamphlets and stickers and things like that they are another uh pro-life anti-abortion ministry and what they do is really cool they uh you can donate to their ministry and they actually help provide free ultrasounds to women who, for, for whatever reason, you know, they, they, they just, they help, um, in any way they can to help prevent an abortion. So they, they offer free ultrasounds. So if you want to go on preborn.com to check out, you know, how you might qualify for one of those free ultrasounds, you know, to, you know, think the other way, definitely go check out preborn.com. Uh, Bible Tracks Incorporated, we got a ton of Bible tracks from them, uh, so super awesome and grateful to them, check them out, and uh, Wretched Radio also donated a humongous box of um, uh, Bible tracks, uh, Bible tracks specifically called Solving the God Puzzle, it's, uh, it's actually like a mini book, honestly, it's like 58 pages long, really cool, really awesome, I also hand those out at uh, work too as well as our evangelism so yeah just really thankful for for all those support from all those amazing ministries and companies that believe in our ministry or come alongside us it's super super awesome to have uh ministries like Preborn and uh you know the babylon b uh, get behind us like that that's really awesome it's just you know just me and my wife amanda right now uh pulling this ministry off so very small operation and it's just super encouraging to have uh you know big shots honestly within the christian community come alongside us and believe in us like that and uh, most of that stuff uh if you're listening and you're going to be in blacksburg at, at the virginia tech versus uva game come find us we have uh, virginia tech bibles and stadium bags that we'll be handing out so, yeah, super stoked and just can't thank all them enough. And everyone who listens, thank you all enough again and uh, for all the prayer. So, with that, let's talk about Ecuador. So, first international missions trip that I have ever been on. I have done uh, local missions trips or you know what what we call local um i've been to uh to baltimore and uh that is an experience there that that i'll do a whole nother episode about because that that's just incredible 
how that all came about. And I think I kind of touched on it in another episode, but we're going to focus mainly on Catholicism within Ecuador. And, you know, I've been to Canada, and if you've ever been to New York, and I specifically went to Toronto, so no offense to anyone who is listening in Canada, but Toronto to me was basically like a baby version of New York. It wasn't, you didn't feel like you were outside of the country or anything like that. So Ecuador was my first experience and my wife and actually mostly everyone on our missions team first experience going out of the country. And, you know, we built up and led up and had all these uh, meetings and things like that of leading up to Ecuador. And whenever you do something like that, whether it's going to just a, simply another state for uh, evangelism, whether it's even going just to the to the city right next to you, you know, everyone's got this pre- uh, assumption of what it's going to be like and what it's going to look like and how you're going to do things. So we were definitely in a uh, kind of a shock once we did come into Ecuador. Um, visually, it looked about what you know you would see online or um, what I had pictured. You know, the the construction and the the buildings and the houses and things are. They look totally different than, than in America. There's different standards. So, you know, a lot of it is brick and mortar and specifically cinder blocks and cement because it's, it's cheap. And, I mean, literally there's no siding on most of the houses. It's literally just the, the brick and cement. And, um, you know, they're just littered all across these mountains. And one of the biggest things for me going was with you know my heart and calling and the ministry me and Amanda started <clears throat> being a specifically street evangelism and street outreach i uh <clears throat> kind of had this preassumption that there was going to be a lot of poverty low income a lot of uh, a homeless crisis that you kind of picture in your head immediately when you think about uh, another country that isn't known for being wealthy, right? And Ecuador is not a country that's really known for being super wealthy like some other countries. So you just immediately think that there's this big homeless crisis. And what's really funny is that there you make like the, the average. So what would be middle class in Ecuador is Four fifty to five hundred dollars a month, and whereas we in America see that and say, "Okay, well they're definitely in poverty," but they're not. That's actually a very livable income, and it is um, like that. That's that's a decent living. That's a decent living in Ecuador. That's not below the poverty line with their standards and. Which was shocking to hear at first, but then once we got to go to like some restaurants, uh, some little stores, some gas stations, and things like that, you kind of understood why. Um, you know, Coca Cola there was ninety eight cents. Uh, water was seventy six cents, and you know, I I love sparkling water, 
So, I mean, sparkling water here in America at a gas station is three dollars, two fifty. So, when you're getting sparkling water for, you know, seventy nine cents, you could kind of see why four fifty to five hundred dollars is is a livable wage, and obviously not just because of sparkling water being seventy nine cents, but being there, getting to, to to shop at stores and things like that, it was just an incredible how cheap it was in in our eyes, what we're used to in America. And um, so that was a, a a big shock to me because you know the the core thing for missionaries and missions is or a missions trip is, is a mission. So, you know, once we were told that by, um, Chris and Madeline Yancey, who were the amazing missionaries that we got to spend, uh, that week with there and just what they're doing. And, you know, there's no way we'll even cover half of this on just even one episode. That's why we're just, I'm going to eventually get to the Catholicism part in, in Ecuador. But uh, just to kind of give just a, a recap, so you know, once I found out that that there wasn't really a poverty problem there, um, it was just kind of like, all right, so you know, what what is the mission? What what are we here driving for? What is the expansion? What is the reason? And um, you know, there there's the movie uh, End of the Spear, I believe is what it's called. And it was the first movie about the first missionaries who went to reach the indigenous people in the jungle within Ecuador and ultimately ended up being killed and martyred by the the tribe that they were trying to share the gospel with. And then, you know, just kind of a spoiler, if you've never seen the movie, and then their, their wives end up moving in with this community and spread the gospel. And, you know, that was in the... 90s the 80s or 90s I believe so and I might be way off on that so you know the the gospel is is going around so you know it's just all these thoughts filling my head on like what exactly the mission was there in Ecuador and um so after being there we start getting told about Catholicism being bought to Ecuador and kind of how the story went was it was really cool we went into this town i don't exactly remember the name of it but it had like shell in the name somehow and and we passed this field and it's actually where shell oil company originated and what had happened was is these colonists came in and they were drilling for oil and they didn't dig deep enough, didn't find oil. So then this was when Shell Oil Company came in, re-drilled those wells, didn't went deeper, found oil, and it just so happened that a lot of them were Catholics. So they kind of shared the Catholic version of the gospel with the indigenous people there. The Vatican and all their money that they have, just kind of endless supply of money, comes into Ecuador and they just rapidly expand Catholicism within Ecuador. And they're building churches 
everywhere in Ecuador. I mean, just everywhere, like to the point, without even over-exaggerating, that we were, when we were being told all this from Chris, um, he flat out told us that, that every church that we see just go ahead and assume because there's almost a 100% chance that it is a Catholic church. And sure enough, when I would see a church that I was like, oh, no way, it doesn't even resemble a Catholic church, and I would ask him about it, sure enough, it was definitely a Catholic church. And the reason that he knew that not only has has him and his wife and his family dedicated their lives and work to Ecuador. And they, they're very grounded in the culture and everything that, that goes on within Ecuador, but it is also the way the churches are constructed. So an evangelistic church or um, predominantly Baptist church in Ecuador does not usually decorate their churches with uh, like, you know, maybe a cross outside of it or a steeple for a few reasons. For one, the association with Catholicism, and two, the money that is that that is needed to build the elaborate structures, like a steeple, a church with a steeple, or you know, a concrete cross, a decorative cross, just things like that. So that's the reason that when you see those types of churches with steeples and bells at the top or crosses you know, printed into the side of the concrete of the church, it is a Catholic church because they have the money to do that. So they, the Catholics come in and the, the Roman Catholic church comes in and they just rapidly expand all throughout the country of Ecuador. And basically they planted and opened up all these churches and ordained priests, and um, I don't even know that they have like deacons and um, bishops, like the way the Catholic Church is traditionally ran here in America. Um, we didn't ever really discuss that, but there was definitely priests and a lot of churches, especially smaller Catholic churches within smaller communities, don't even have a designated priest at that church. Um. For instance, there was what was called a mountain community that we went into. Very, very tiny community. Um, and there was a, a Catholic church there, and it literally only opens on Christmas. Only is open on Christmas. And the 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 reason for that is like they, there there is like priests that are in charge of multiple churches there. So they kind of preach back and forth between certain churches and kind of make their rounds to those certain churches and those certain communities. Well, the big thing that the real dangerous demonic and evil thing that happened in Ecuador with Catholicism coming in and just the Catholics just planting these churches and then just kind of, you know, washing their hands and walking away was there is a very Hinduism, paganism and, um, universalism is, is huge in Ecuador. 
So when the rapid expansion of the Catholic Church happened, and then the Catholics, you know, really had no more governing body there within Ecuador, as far as a, a hierarchy, that being the Vatican, kind of watching the doctrine that was being preached and the practices being preached, uh, mysticism, paganism, and Catholicism all mixed in uh, in the religion, in the doctrine, in 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 everything within Ecuador. Um, so to help put that in context, what that looks like is the 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 most people in Ecuador. The, the, the way that the religious order is taught through the Catholic Church is that um, you do not read your Bible. Most people there where it's like here in America, you know, me and Amanda both have our own Bibles. Um, and then I have, uh, we also have a, a, you know, bookshelf that I've got, you know, two study Bibles on. I've got, you know, three um biblical concordances um we have some study bibles two bible dictionaries that that doesn't even exist in ecuador it's usually one bible in a home and it's like deemed what they call a family bible and then the catholic church practices and preaches that you do not read the bible on your own you have to let us being the Catholic Church teach it to you because if you read it on your own it will make you go crazy it'll make you go insane so there is a fear mongering that is that goes on which ultimately leads to control because if you're you're pulling in hundreds of people during a mass and you're telling them that they're going to go insane if they read their bible we have to pre preach it to you. We have to teach you it. Then that's how you gain control. It's occultism. That's how cults are ran. That's how Marilyn uh, or Marilyn Manson, yeah, um, Charles Manson, <laughs> not the singer, but you know we could debate that. But Charles Manson, you know, conducted his work. That's how uh, Joseph Smith and the, the 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 Mormon Church. Just it's control and it's always what they tell you so there's never any way for these people to have a leg to stand on questioning the catholic doctrine or what is practiced within the catholic church because they're too afraid to read their own bibles so anyone who's familiar with catholicism and the practices of the catholic church knows that mary is in a very high standing. She is held in very high regard within the Catholic Church. Um, there's the Hail Mary prayer. Um, if you look at the Rosary, um, you know it's it's in it's in a full circle, and there is this little um, I don't it's not a medallion, but like there's this little tiny piece where the two pieces come down into one of the rosary and that goes down to to usually where a crucifix is where a cross is and mary is always held a, above the cross on a rosary on a traditional catholic rosary and so that's 
we see that within the Catholic Church, no matter where you're at, but it is 10 times worse in Ecuador. So there was a, a city that we went to and we actually toured uh, one of these Catholic churches. And specifically in this church, Mary is held in a in an extremely, extremely, extremely high regard that even if the Vatican was even paying attention to what was going on with quote unquote their churches in Ecuador, I, I think they may even have something to say. But with the new Pope and his stance on aliens abortion, gay marriage, who even knows if, if they would have something to say about it. So in this church, there is a six foot tall mannequin, I guess you would say of Mary sitting on a throne up on an altar. And there is these paintings that are either of prophecies that have happened or prophecies that are to come. So there was one painting, and another thing to back up real quick too and say is that the Vatican no longer believes or practices the teaching of purgatory. uh, It's been about five to ten years I'm not sure exactly when they threw that kind of that doctrine out. But in Ecuador, purgatory is still a very highly taught thing in the Catholic Church. And for those of you listening who don't know what purgatory is, basically purgatory is not hell and it's not heaven. It is basically a middle place between heaven and hell. And the the catholic religion is a work based religion that you're saved through works you're not saved through uh by you're not saved um through through faith by grace alone it it's through your works and basically you you you're working so hard to just get to purgatory and then hopefully once you get to purgatory you have become in good standing with a prophet could be Ezekiel, could be uh, the disciple Matthew, the apostle John, uh, the apostle Paul, who you are in now good st- enough good standing with to pull you out of purgatory and then on to heaven. Well, Mary is portrayed as that person pulling the saints out of purgatory. There's another depiction, uh, a painting of sinners walking this road and they're they're battered and beaten and torn up from their sins. And Mary is not hanging on the cross, but she is at the cross. And then up in the corner of this painting is Jesus. And basically it is a depiction of Mary being the mediator between the sinner and Jesus. Basically, passing on those who deserve to go to heaven onto Jesus and those who deserve to go to hell is the depiction of this painting. So, 
further on in this church, there's just tons more paintings. So on to the left side, um, well, first, on, on the right side of this church, when you first walk in and you go up towards the altar, there is a private chapel. And money, you're in, especially in Ecuador, within the Catholic Church, money, you know, that's that's a positional thing. You're, you, you, the, the more money you have that you give to the church, the, the higher in standing you are in that community in Ecuador, within that church. So <clears throat> you can pay to have private masses in the, within this little chapel, private counseling sessions with the priest, and those are only for people who are in high standing, who are rich and have a lot of money to pay for that. Um, another thing that's practiced is you could spend 80 to $100, depending on the priest, to have your car blessed, and this little uh, emblem is given for you to stick on the dashboard of your car in Ecuador, that shows that a Catholic priest has blessed your car. And again, it's just, it's a, a bragging right money, I'm in high standard with the church thing. And again, you know, the monthly income being 450 to $500, you know, 80 to 100 bucks to have a priest bless your car is, that's a lot of money. But anyways, so to the left of the altar or the pulpit, is a it, and it probably one of the more demonic evil things that that I've ever seen tried to be disguised as Christ was a um, there was a big cross with Jesus hanging on it and that was not my issue what my issue was was what was un- under the cross and it was a glass casket that had a fake depiction of Jesus dead inside of it, inside this casket. And as we know and believe and practice as evangelical Christians is that Jesus went to the cross for our sins. He died and then rose again. So... The the depiction of Jesus laying dead in a in a casket was just gut wrenching, a sickness. It was just evil, all all the essence of it, right? So there was another painting. There's two more paintings that really stuck out to me, and there was another one, and it was a depiction of Jesus right after the crucifixion. And the painting doesn't depict where he is supposed to be at. Uh, a lot within Catholicism is that he descended to hell and conquered the devil. That he went to hell right after his his spirit was given up here on earth. So that could be where this painting depicted him being. But it was Jesus and he was dormant looking and, and depressed and sad looking. He had the crown of thorns on his head and he was kind of like had the cross leaning against his shoulder. And the words under the painting basically said, I've done all that I can do. I don't know what more to do. We'll just have to see what happens. 
and basically that um, Jesus, you know, kind of he he went to the cross, and that was just kind of it. And you know, we'll just have to see if people decide to to believe in me and things like that. And then the very last painting within the sanctuary of this Catholic church was a portrayal of the Vatican being heaven. And it was, I mean, literally the, the Vatican, and it is portrayed as being heaven. And it's just a sick, gross, just gross, just unbiblical. There's no biblical foundation to to build upon any of these ideas at all. And the thing of it is, is that these ideas and this idolatry is, is rampant throughout the Catholic Church. And it's just as dangerous in America. It's a false doctrine. It is, it is not the true gospel. It is uh, evil. And it is even worse in Ecuador because it is lumped with mysticism and paganism. So we went to this last altar within this Catholic Church, and of course, again, it's it's Mary because Mary is in, in high regard within the Catholic Church, but it, it, it is even more prominent in in Ecuador. And of course, it's an altar of Mary, and you know, people have left pictures of their loved ones or necklaces, bracelets uh, from loved ones that have passed. And again, another money thing. If you've got enough money, you can pay to have this. And this is a smaller, probably a, a two or three foot tall depiction of the Mother Mary sitting on a throne. And you can pay to have her outfits changed for, you know, your, your daughter's birthday, your son's birthday, or for, for whatever reason. You can pay to have her her outfits changed. And, of course, you've got to have enough money to do that. So, another thing this church also does is once a year, and I don't remember when the time frame is, they take this six-foot-tall depiction of Mary down off of the throne. They put her in the bed of a pickup truck, and they drive her through this little city. And... The, the priest is like preaching that, you know, this is your opportunity to, to touch Mary and, and be healed. And, you know, it is, uh, it's a big deal to touch this mannequin and to uh, receive a blessing from Mary. And again, I can fully admit that uh, it doesn't seem that bad within America and within the the Catholic Church in America. But the thing that we have to look at here is that too many times, way too many times, throughout my whole life of, of being in, in the church, I have heard too many Christians say, and they've said this about Mormons, they've said this about uh, the Catholic religion, they've, they've said this about other false religions that, 
well, we all believe in the same God. We all worship the same God. We just do it a little differently. Okay, that is that is not true. I don't care if it's Mormonism in Ecuador versus Mormonism in America or Catholicism within America versus Catholicism in Ecuador. And the reason that that is, is take the Southern Baptist Convention, for instance. If there was things like that going on, and, and there's things within the Southern Baptist Convention that we could debate about, but when when a church that belongs to the Southern Baptist Convention here in America, they go way off of Scripture, and... They start implementing things. We see an outcry to the Southern Baptist Convention to do something about that because they are the the hierarchy uh, organization over the other Southern Baptist churches within America. So if we saw that going on in Ecuador, we would expect and should expect the Southern Baptist Convention to do something about that. So we can't hide behind the fact that, oh, well, you know, it's not that Catholicism isn't that way in America. Those Catholic churches, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them are still under the control of the Vatican. So if the Vatican wouldn't allow that to go on in America, the Vatican shouldn't let that go on in Ecuador. But the reason it does go on in Ecuador is the same reason we see the evilness going on in the Catholic church here in America. And I want to bring this to full picture with this verse in in First Timothy. <clears throat> it's First Timothy, chapter two, starting in verse five. At the yeah five, verse five. So First Timothy, First Timothy, chapter two, verse five. It says, "For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all." to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So, there, there's, there's no further explanation. There is one mediator, one mediator between us and the Father, and that is Jesus Christ. Mary did not give her life to bear the burden of our sins. Never once do we even find it close in Scripture. And there, there is no way for the Catholic Church, whether it's the Catholic Church in Rome, whether it's the Catholic Church in Ecuador or in America, I don't care. The Catholic Church cannot defend that truth in scripture because never once in scripture do we even find an inclination to pray to Mary so whether the catholic church in rome or in america has mary sitting on a throne that's not even up for question or debate the fact is, is that all catholics believe the the catholic religion i should say teaches in praying to mary but there is only one mediator between us and God, and that's Jesus Christ. We don't ever see 
anything that tells us to pray to an apostle. We don't ever see a a a scripture or a verse or a reason or a thought to pray to Paul or John, Matthew, Mark, Luke. We don't see that anywhere in scripture, let alone Mary. Okay. Do I believe that the evangelical church, um, the Baptist church, the the um, non-denominational church, do I believe that we don't give honor where honors due and respect the woman who did have a virgin birth to Jesus Christ? Yes, but again, that's for a whole different episode. So, back to the core mission of Ecuador. It's harder than just being in a poverty-stricken country. Whereas, I can humbly admit that, you know, you you. it's not like <clears throat> for street chaplains for Christ, where me and Amanda can go into Norfolk and we take a, a bag full of food because someone who has nothing, you know, that's very easy to open up that doorway to to get them to talk with you. But when you're in the situation like they are in Ecuador, you are going up against someone's religion, their lifestyle, their core fundamentals of belief, the way they live their lives. Not only that, it is evilness to its finest. It's demonic. It's evil. There's another church in Ecuador. Their depiction and view of Jesus is a vengeful Jesus. There was a very bad earthquake that happened in Ecuador. And this church is, this Catholic church's teaching is that because the people of Ecuador, not enough of them were followers of the Catholic religion and they weren't Catholic, that that was God's vengeance on uh the the country of Ecuador and it was the most evil demonic depiction of Jesus I've ever seen I I can't even describe what Jesus looked like in a couple of days uh, um the only social media that I have is LinkedIn uh I'll be posting some pictures and videos of of our trip to Ecuador if 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 you want to follow me on there and you can see some of these if I didn't describe them well enough, you can see someone there. Or if you, Amanda does have Facebook. If you want to uh, follow Amanda on Facebook, and you can see the pictures on there too. Um, or if you want to email me, I'm old school. So you can email me too and ask for pictures and I'll send you pictures through email. Um, but anyways, so... <clears throat> We as Christians already have enough time debating small things, whether you should eat fast food, whether you should drink caffeine, whether you should use tobacco. So if if we already have a hard time with that, then you can imagine how it is trying to preach the truth, first off, not just something, but the truth, the perfect, without a wrinkle, without a spot, word of God, to blatant evilness, debauchery, and complete abomination to God and his word 
to people who have rooted and grounded their lives, their families, and everything in it. And that is the mission of Ecuador. The number of converted evangelicals within the entire country of Ecuador is roughly estimated at 3%. 3% of an entire country is what is truly reached with the gospel. And, I mean, it's staring wickedness and evilness and perversion right in the face. And there's just so much more that could be said about, you know, what goes on in Ecuador. And, um, you know, I would be fine with doing another episode um, on that if, if you guys want. Or if you just want me to ask some questions. Um, I also do uh, live episodes on the wisdom app and it's very easy to ask questions through wisdom so if you want to go follow the blue collar chaplain podcast on wisdom and ask questions through there that's fine you can do it on linkedin you can ask amanda you can email us but yeah to to sum it all up jesus christ is is the only mediator between us and god if, if you pray, if you read Sexually Sick, then, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I talked about it in Sexually Sick. If you pray or meditate on anything other than Christ and His Word, Genesis to Revelations, and if you're praying to anything but the triune God, you are opening up gateways to evil to spiritual warfare, to demonic oppression, and possibly demonic possession. Um, that includes the Catholic Church. Mary cannot hear your prayers. Mary is not the mediator between us, the kingdom of heaven, and God. When you pray to Mary, not only are the prayers, they're not falling on deaf ears. They're falling right on the ears of Satan. It is only glory worthy of his praise, of the devil's praise. So we as Christians have got to stop pretending that we are so worried about offending people that we we come to the ignorant belief that we all follow the same God, we just do it differently. Okay, we can debate McDonald's, and dip tobacco, and soda, and alcohol all day long. Okay, but what we cannot debate is bad theology. What we cannot debate is blatant blasphemies against the Holy Spirit. Blatant hearsay. Blatant things that Paul, the apostle, called out. Blatant things that Jesus Christ called out. Those things are not up for debate. Those things are not open for interpretation. Okay, you cannot pray to anyone but the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is it. There is no room for error in that, and and we cannot pretend and believe that praying to Mary is found biblically anywhere in Scripture. It is heretical. It is an abomination to God's Word, and it is demonic. And speaking of dip tobacco... You guys should check out Snuffed Up. <laughs> I butchered that. Snuffcup.com. 
Okay. Even if you don't uh, use dip tobacco, uh, they're very good, and they even advertise for a lot of other things, not just for dip. Okay. Sunflower seeds, um, ashtrays, things like that. Go check out snuffcup.com. Okay. There'll be a link on here and on YouTube. So check them out. Uh, really cool products uh, that they have on there. Um, but yeah, that's basically, you know, just want to, that's the sum up right there. Check out snuffcup.com. No, I'm just kidding. But you guys definitely should. Portable spittoons, they're really cool. Really cool products, really cool guys over there. The, the the family that started the company, super cool story that they have on there. So definitely recommend checking them out. So yeah, guys, um, again, I can't thank everyone enough for all their support for the, the podcast. Um, it's crazy to think that here in just a couple of months, we'll be coming up on a year of doing this. Uh, now that things have calmed down with Ecuador, uh, we will be going back to doing two episodes a month. Um, super excited for some other news to share with everyone on here. Um, can't thank everyone enough for all the prayers, um, the support. Just, again, it's been awesome. It's been a blessing. Um, again, our Street Chaplains for Christ's next event our next evangelism outreach will be at the Virginia Tech versus UVA football game. Okay, big Virginia Tech fan, super stoked. Hope they beat UVA. First time I've ever seen that rivalry game. So if you're listening and if you go to Virginia Tech or you go to UVA, sorry if you go to UVA, but if you're going to be in the area, we're going to be there. Come get you a stadium bag. Come get some prayers. Come talk to us. We're going to talk about whatever. Nothing's off the table with us. Um... So, yeah, come check us out. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and close this episode out with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Jesus, I pray, Jesus, that, that your name, your light, your word is the only thing that shines, Lord. Through this podcast, through this ministry, I pray, Lord, that it's your name only that that people walk away and remember, Lord, that it's not my word, it's not my interpretation, it's not my name, but it's yours, Lord. I pray, God, that we would be bold in your word. We would be bold in your convictions, Lord, and what you've called us to do, to go out and to preach to the nations, Jesus, and to boldly represent you, Lord, that we would be a mere representation of you, Lord, in your perfect your perfect word. I pray, Jesus, that we would not be afraid to stand against evil, Lord. You've already defeated the enemy, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that we would be bold, Lord, and we would not be afraid to, to call out blatant evil against your word and abomination, against your evil and perversion against your word, Lord. I pray, Father God, Jesus, for everyone listening, Lord, Jesus, that they have not dedicated their lives to you, Lord, to following you, Lord. I pray, Jesus, right now, Lord, that you would pull on their heart, Lord, that they would feel your spirit right now, Father God, Jesus, and they would turn their lives over to you, Lord to put away the sin from this world, Lord, to stop living in habitual sin, Jesus, to be saved by the blood, Lord, the only name that can save your name, Father God. Jesus, we just give this episode to you, Lord. We give all of our works to you, Jesus. We give all of our prayers and meditations to you, Father God, the only mediator 
the only triune God, Lord, the only God worthy of our praise, Lord. For it is in your holy, holy and precious name, through the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen.